Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi, read by your host, me, Eli. Chapter 29. Pinocchio returns to the fairy's house and she promises him that on the morrow he will cease to be a marionette and become a boy. A wonderful party of coffee and milk will be held to celebrate the great event. Mindful of what the fisherman had said, Pinocchio knew that all hope of being saved had gone. He closed his eyes and waited for the final moment. Suddenly, a large dog, attracted to the odor of the boiling oil, came running into the cave. Get out! cried the fisherman threateningly and still holding on to the marionette who was all covered with flour. But the poor dog was very hungry and whining and wagging his tail. He tried to say, give me a little bite of the fish and I'll go in peace. Get out, I say, repeated the fisherman and he drew back his foot to give the dog a kick. Then the dog, who being really hungry would take no refusal, turned into a rage toward the fisherman and bared his terrible fangs. At that moment, a pitiful little voice was heard saying, Save me, Alidoro. If you don't, I fry. The dog immediately recognized Pinocchio's voice. Great was his surprise to find that the voice came from the little flower-covered bundle that the fisherman held in his hand. Then what did he do? With one great leap, he grasped that bundle in his mouth and, holding it lightly between his teeth, ran through the door and disappeared like a flash. The fisherman, angry at seeing his meal snatched from under his nose, ran after the dog, but a bad fit of coughing made him stop and turn back. Meanwhile, Ali Doro, as soon as he had found the road which led to the village, stopped and dropped Pinocchio softly to the ground. How much do I thank you, said the marionette. It is not necessary, answered the dog. You save me once, and what is given is always returned. We are in this world to help one another. But how did you get in that cave? I was lying there on the sand, more dead than alive, when an appetizing odor of frying fish came to me. That odor tickled my hunger, and I followed it. Oh, if I had come a moment later. Don't speak about it, wailed Pinocchio, still trembling with fright. Don't say a word. If you had come a moment later, I would be fried, eaten, and digested by the time. Brrr, I shiver at the mere thought of it. Alidoro laughingly held out his paw to the marionette, who shook it heartily, feeling that now he and the dog were good friends. Then they bid each other goodbye, and the dog went home. Pinocchio, left alone, walked toward a little hut nearby, where an old man sat at the door sunning himself and asked, Tell me, good man, have you heard anything of a poor boy with a wounded head whose name was Eugene? The boy was brought to me, to this hut, and now, now is he dead? Pinocchio interrupted sorrowfully. No. He is alive now, and he has already returned home. Really? Really? cried the marionette, jumping around with joy. Then the wound was not serious. My boy, as for clothes, 
I have only a bag in which I keep hops. If you want to take it, take it. There it is. Pinocchio did not wait for him to repeat his words. He took the bag, which happened to be empty, and after cutting a big hole at the top and two at the sides, he slipped into it as if it were a shirt. Lightly clad as he was, he started out toward the village. Along the way, he felt very uneasy. In fact, he was so unhappy that he went along taking two steps forward and one back. And as he went, he said to himself, How shall I ever face my good little fairy? What will she say when she sees me? Will she forgive me for this last trick of mine? I am sure she won't. Oh, no, she won't. And I deserve it, as usual, for I am a rascal, fine on promises which I never keep. He came to the village late at night. It was so dark he could see nothing, and it was raining pitchforks. Pinocchio went straight to the fairy's house, firmly resolved to knock at the door. When he found himself there, he lost courage and ran back a few steps. A second time he came to the door, and again he ran back. A third time he repeated his performance. The fourth time, before he had time to lose his courage, he grasped the knocker and made a faint sound with it. Then Pinocchio, losing all patience, grabbed the knocker and with both hands, fully determined to awaken the whole house and the street with it. As soon as he touched the knocker, however, it became an eel and wiggled away into the darkness. Really? cried Pinocchio, blind with rage. If the knocker is gone, I can still use my feet. He stepped back and gave the door a most solemn kick. He kicked so hard that his foot went straight through the door and his leg followed almost to the knee. No matter how he pulled and tugged, he could not pull it out. There he stayed as if nailed to the door. Poor Pinocchio, the rest of the night he had to spend with one foot through the door and the other one in the air. As dawn was breaking, the door finally opened. That brave little animal, the snail, had taken exactly nine hours to go from the fourth floor to the street. How she must have raced. What are you doing with your foot in the door? She asked the marionette, laughing. It was a misfortune. Won't you try, pretty little snail, to free me from this terrible torture? My boy, we need a carpenter here. I have never been one. Ask the fairy to help me. The fairy's asleep and does not want to be disturbed. The day promised to be very gay and happy one, but... Unluckily in a marionette's life, there's always a but which is apt to spoil everything. Chapter 30. Pinocchio, instead of becoming a boy, runs away to the land of toys with his friend Lampwick. Coming at last out of the surprise into which the fairy's words had thrown him, Pinocchio asked for permission to give out the invitations. Indeed, you may invite your friends to tomorrow's party. Only remember to return home before dark. Do you understand? I'll be back in one hour without fail, answered the marionette. Take care, Pinocchio. Boys give promises very easily, but they as easily forget them. But I am not like the others. When I give my word, I keep it. We shall see. In case you do disobey, you will be the one to suffer, not anyone else. 
Why? Because boys who do not listen to their elders always come to grief. I certainly have, said Pinocchio, but from now on I shall obey. We shall see if you are telling the truth. Without adding another word, the marionette bade the good fairy goodbye, and singing and dancing, he left the house. In a little more than an hour, all his friends were invited. Some accepted quickly and gladly. Others had to be coaxed. But when they heard that the toast was to be buttered on both sides, they all ended up accepting the invitation with the words, We'll come to please you. Now it must be known that among all his friends, Pinocchio had one whom he loved most of all. The boy's real name was Romeo, but everyone called him Lampwick, for he was long and thin and had a woebegone look about him. Lampwick was the laziest boy in the school and the biggest mischief maker, but Pinocchio loved him dearly. That day, he went straight to his friend's house to invite him to the party, but Lampwick was not at home. He went a second time, and again a third time, but still without success. Where could he be? Pinocchio searched here and there and everywhere, and finally discovered him hiding near a farmer's wagon. What are you doing there? asked Pinocchio, running up to him. I am waiting for midnight to strike to go. Where? Far, far away. And I have gone to your house three times to look for you. What did you want from me? Haven't you heard the news? Don't you know what good luck is mine? What is it? Tomorrow I end my days as a marionette and become a boy like you and all my other friends. May it bring you luck. Shall I see you at my party tomorrow? But I'm telling you that I go tonight. At what time? At midnight. And where are you going? To a real country. The best in the world. A wonderful place. And if the fairy scolds me, let her scold you. After she gets tired, she will stop, said Lampwick. Are you going alone or with others? Alone. There will be more than a hundred of us. Will you walk? At midnight, the wagon passes here that is to take us within the boundaries of that marvelous country. Oh, how I wish midnight would strike. Why? To see you all set out together. Stay here a while longer and you will see us. No, no, I want to return home. Wait two more minutes. I've waited too long as it is. The fairy will be worried. Poor fairy, is she afraid the bats will eat you up? Listen, Lampwick, said the marionette. Are you really sure that there are no schools in the land of toys? Not even the shadow of one? Not even one teacher? Not one. And one does not have to study? Never, never, never! What a great land, said Pinocchio, feeling his mouth water. What a beautiful land. I have never been there before, but I can imagine it well. There it is, cried Lampwick, jumping to his feet. What? whispered Pinocchio. The wagon which is coming to get me for the last time. Are you coming or not? But it is really true that in the country, boys never have to study? Never, never, never. What a wonderful, beautiful, marvelous country. Oh, oh, oh.